Good evening and welcome to another playoff edition of the Jamie Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. How you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm feeling good. This is quite the uh, victory Monday and I'm trying to take your advice and enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) No, I I need to take my own advice. Not look ahead and just enjoy that one and, you know, um, hopefully look forward to another couple more at the FCS level and we'll go from there. But that was a, a fun game and a just a good reminder of when the FCS playoffs are kind of at their peak, as we saw this weekend in several games, it's a really great product. It is. And man, and from a JMU standpoint, we went from last week feeling like, man, we better enjoy every minute to me being like, they could do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's go. Yeah. Not, right? I feel like, the same I, way. I need to like rein it in tonight. That's mm-hmm. I get excited. But yeah, that, that little five minute stretch at the end of the second quarter, uh, turned the fortunes of this of the way we feel about this team i think opened some eyes didn't it yeah opened some eyes possibilities yeah not just here but around the country i mean i just i i went i ventured back to the message board land today and uh yeah i I know it's rough but i also like even our own fans i mean some of them like just they scored 59 points in like two and a half quarters like yeah you gotta let it be yeah take a deep breath yes we may pick some nits but I'm ready for the Grizz to come to town this weekend. So, yeah. It's shaping up to be a pretty epic matchup. Yeah. So, I hope everyone enjoys it. Um, It's just Rob and I tonight. We're going to have a guest, but we're not going to. Um, By the time most of you wake up tomorrow, you may or may not realize why that is. Um, We'll we'll see. We'll leave Uh, it at that. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Tomorrow night is big matchup for JMU UVA in hoops. uh, Sold out at the Atlantic Union Bank Center. Really, I think all of us are pretty excited. That game is on CBS Sports Network. So I think a good amount of Dukes fans should be able to watch that. Um, At the moment, I am not one of those, but I'm trying to sort that out for tomorrow. (laughs) Um, But yeah, really excited. We're going to talk a little hoops uh, at some point tonight, but we definitely want to start with football. Rob, and and we've got something else to talk about right off the bat just to knock this out, right? Yeah, once again, yeah. Uh, we are brought to you tonight by Homefield Apparel. Um, you can go to homefieldapparel.com, check out some really terrific college apparel. It is premium outfitter based out of uh, Indiana. I, Todd is showing me in the little picture. He's got his Duke's script yellow t-shirt with the, with the script. Mm-hmm. These guys are just fantastic products, uh, not just for JMU. They dig into the history, really find oh, yeah. cool niche stuff that matters to each fan base. If you go to the website, again, homefieldapparel.com, and use the promo code JMU sports blog, you will get 15% off your order. And that is your order for anything, not just JMU gear, anything on the site. And we encourage you to check it out. Great for all your holiday shopping um, for JMU fans in your life or fans of other schools, just fantastic apparel. I wear my stuff all the time. And like I said, last week, cannot leave the house without getting somebody to come up and not just to go Dukes, but a stop in, Hey, where did you get that cool hoodie? Or where'd you get that cool tee? So check them out. It's great stuff. We're really proud to be associated with them. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you to everybody at Homefield and, and go check it out. Get your discount code. The disc, as Rob said, discount code works for all your Christmas needs, mm-hmm. um, be they JMU or otherwise. So yes. um, it's a good place to go. We're going to start with four downs and we're going to kind of luxuriate in this win over Southeastern Louisiana this past weekend. Um, and, and we'll do plenty looking ahead to Montana as well this week because it's just fun. And we, they're, you know, at the most, there are three more of these. So yeah. we're going to enjoy it uh, and, and really have fun with it. And then we'll talk a little 
hoops and some really good overtime topics uh, will hit quickly at the end. That, thanks to everybody that contributed. Rob, four downs from the game this weekend. Um, you had kind of an interesting story of hearing about this, but you, you could start us off wherever you want to. Yeah, yeah. I just... I thought this was interesting because it was one of those games and we had two examples in the playoffs this weekend. The other one being mm-hmm. uh, Montana and Eastern Washington, where if you look at the numbers, they tell a completely different story than if you're watching the game or following mm-hmm. along, you know, mm-hmm. JMU gave up nearly 400 yards passing. So you're like, Oh, that, that, you know, that's not good. And JMU had a minus nine minute time of possession. You're like, that's not good. But if you watch the game, you realize it's because they had short field after short field. They had one play drives for touchdowns. They had five forced turnovers. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, it was crazy. Like it was, I I wouldn't say dominant as much as I would say opportunistic. Where like Mm -hmm. they just were given opportunities to score and they capitalized on nearly every single one. Mm -hmm. And it went from a close game to a blowout in like two and a half minutes of clock time. And it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like Johnson, it, they were just running go routes. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh, turnover, 39-yard pass. Turnover, 63-yarder to Van Horst. You know, uh, Tucker Dorsey, bring one back himself. It just was – there were opportunities presented several times out the game, and they took advantage of nearly every single one and turned it into a laugher. You know, yeah. so like I mean, people can pick nits and talk about the pass defense and everything. I personally think that's a little bit crazy. You're playing a team that is built to pass the ball. It's mm-hmm. got a quarterback who does that uh, as well as anybody has ever done at the FCS level mm-hmm. in terms of the counting stats. Mm-hmm. And they had no choice. They were just going to go back and throw. And Jamie let them, but they didn't break. Um, I just I thought it was a wonderful performance. And actually what I've been looking for yeah. all year. And it's like, you know, when you get in the red zone, can you score? And can you take advantage of, of you know, potential, you know, game kind of game changing plays Mm -hmm. and they did there wasn't a lot of red zone offense in this because the big strike but (laughs) it was just a team's like hey you know if you make a mistake we're gonna pounce and you make another we're gonna pounce you're gonna make you make another mistake and then the game's gonna be over yeah um so it was uh, it was just fun you know yeah (laughs) it was it was extremely reminiscent of the 2017 south dakota state yes with the nine turnovers Um, or whatever like and um it's a little different than sam houston i mean that was a kind of a different I, that felt different but it was very reminiscent of that and and a reminder that in the playoffs like when there's a little bit of a talent discrepancy mm-hmm. some t- and it gets rolling sometimes it really gets rolling yeah I, I think we saw it a little bit um i think ndsu actually you know i mean not to not to give the bison credit but they sort of had the same thing happen in their game this week where yeah. you know it just at some point what are you gonna do i don't know um and when and then when the very best teams at this level get it going and you give them opportunities it's over um yeah so my i gotta talk first rob just let's we'll start with cole and the all bombs offense yes um just literally that's all we do now is just throw bombs um this is kind of a two-part i'll start with like a two parts to this one is Weirdly enough, I did not actually think this was Cole's best game. Like, no, just being in the stands, he didn't hit every pass. He wasn't as sharp. Hit. Yeah, no, he wasn't super sharp. He did really good job in terms of he made some great decisions about obviously when to run the ball and when to sort of run the ball. I mean, that one he threw to Van Horst was just an exceptional play yeah. that most kids aren't going to make. Um, just some really good decision making, not probably his sharpest. The one thing on the offensive side of the coaching tree, I, I want to give a lot of credit to the 
you know, both the offensive staff and to Signetti for this weekend. Um, I was really frustrated the first couple drives, as mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of fans were, and, and a few that were like inappropriately so in the stands around us. Yeah. Um, it, but we talked about this last week, which is if we can't run the ball, don't get proud yeah. about running it. Don't right? be stubborn. This is, this is southeastern Louisiana. They're like number one eleven in defense. Yeah. Right. If you yeah, and it only took there. them two drives to abandon the stubbornness and mm-hmm. just be like, you know what? Throw bombs. Yeah. <laughs> like like they can't, they can't run cover with all Wells. They can't cover with Orton. That catch by Reggie Brown was really important. I you know mm-hmm. yeah, just I was really impressed with that. There was no ego or pride in Signetti and the staff this week. I thought um, they were like, you know what? This is our advantage. Let's just take it. it. And, and we'll, I think I'm going to circle back to that when we talk about Montana, but you know, um, Cole, I mean, man, does he look in control and, uh, you know, I don't think Cole's the kind of, he doesn't strike me as the kind of kid to like get into the, you know, everyone was talking about the Cole versus Cole and, you know, the other kid was the player of the year. He doesn't strike me as a guy like getting all chesty with the, you know, with the other quarterback. No, but I do think he's just, he's a super senior who just nothing bothers him anymore. Yeah. It's just incredible what this can be. Yeah. And it actually made me think back to um, Kate Gordon and Odyssey Alexander this summer, a little bit of like, there really is. I think all of us, if we're really honest with ourselves and we look back to like, if we had been given one or two more years of college, like the decisions we would have made, hopefully would have been, you know what I mean? Or the opportunities we would have taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. would have been totally different just with a little bit more maturity and what a performance by Cole. I mean, yeah, know? but Todd, I want to yeah. go back to something you said earlier about people being kind of inordinately and inappropriately frustrated in the beginning. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to make too big a deal of this because I, I feel like I pick at this every week, but sooner or later people need to get on board and realize Cole Johnson is just good. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know how much longer he needs to pay penance for the sins of Ben DiNucci against Colgate, you know, like I I feel like everybody is waiting for the other shoe to drop based on something that's never happened to Cole. I mean, and I'm not saying he's, he's going to be perfect. And it just, I don't feel like anybody's ever really bought in. And you look at the numbers, they kind of speak for themselves. Um, It's just like any fan base, Jamie fans can be a little bit quick to react, but, but my big fear is, you know, the season does, does end on a sour note with like whatever, let's say a two interception game. And it won't be like, Oh man, that stinks. You know, bad time for it. It'll be, I told you so and completely negate everything's done. Like people have got to buy in. This guy is playing outstanding football and it's not oh. the time to debate where he stacks against other JMU quarterbacks or arm strength or is a pro prospect. He's a guy who's getting it done week in, week out. Right. And just uh, no matter what you think of the guy, it's hard to debate the chemistry that he has with Thornton and Wells, you know, that, that to me is about as good as I've ever seen between a Jamie quarterback and receiver, the trust he has with those guys. And, and they're, they're, they're so, um, they're like a nuclear weapon. Yeah. The three of them together. And it's so funny because the JMU boards today, there's a lot of talk about like what happened to the tight end. And I think what happened to the tight end, they're blocking and yeah. we have to be honest. And the coaches I thought did a really good job of being honest about themselves this week, which is we struggle to run the ball. Yeah. And for whatever reason, this line that starts three freshmen, three to four freshmen, depending on the, yeah. the day, 
you know, struggles to run block. It's a little weird that a line that is so exceptional at pass blocking struggles so much in the running game. That's atypical. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if that scheme, if that's particular, I, I don't know. I'm not like sharp enough to know what's going on there, but it's very clear that the coaching staff is like, we have this like superpower over here with Cole and these two studs. And like, if it, if that means we have to keep the tight end and have six guys block and let the running back block too, as if we give him five, four seconds, we'll just throw 60 yard bombs all day <laughs> because yeah, no like, one can cover these guys. Like, I don't know. You can't cover them in single coverage. No, you can't. If you get just, and I guarantee you Montana this weekend, we'll get, you know, it's not gonna be able to cover them in single coverage either. No, they will try know? and they will try to go single coverage and bring the house to, yeah. you know, disrupt Cole's timing. But you better get there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, we've seen Van Horse will burn you. You know, um, Austin Douglas is looking to be a little bit more of a weapon and definitely changes the attack and and the running game. Got hit by his brother. Oh, no. That (laughs) was hit out of bounds by his brother. Okay. Well, well, Todd, you have a brother and I I have two sons. So that was not that unusual. No, I probably would have taken that opportunity. Yeah. No, I just, I, I think Cole is playing some special football, but it's just funny to me that I don't feel like people have bought in like you'd think they would to a guy who's putting up his numbers at this point in the season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, and yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I got to enjoy it. I, yeah. Yes. What does he have? 40 touchdowns and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You, you know, look, we're the first guys who rank our, our ranking goes something like Landers for Scotty shore Danucci, right. Yeah. For, I don't know, Cauley, Maddox. But there's a lot of yeah, guys we, a lot of guys we talk there. about, and we haven't really thought of Cole in that conversation. Yeah. But holy moly, is that do those numbers speak for themselves? Yeah, it's just dangerous. Like, it's just dangerous. Like, and uh, and he's his understanding right now of like, you know what? Occasionally, I should take a sack. Like, it's better to take a sack here. Like, we'll get our chances to throw. Like, we will score. Like, it is the scores crazy though. I mean, like, it, yep. if it wasn't for COVID. We wouldn't be watching this. That is, you know, yep. he, he lost his job last year to Gage, and mm-hmm. then Gage got sick. He got it back, and he just never, never looked back. I don't know if it was at that point he just said, "I got nothing to lose. I'm just yeah, going to play I football and trust my receivers." But it's it's scary thinking like there, there's been what 40, 50 touchdowns that might not have happened mm-hmm. had had Gage not tested positive for COVID, yep. you know, yep. and thank God he was okay and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's, it's nuts to think, you know, less than a year ago, this was a guy in Cole Johnson who just had no confidence, looked completely lost out there, right. didn't trust his arm, didn't trust his teammates, got benched, was forced back in there and boom, 40 yeah. touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's remarkable. It's absolutely yeah. remarkable. And, and all the credit goes to him and the, and the coaches. For sure. You know, for getting them ready. So. And a couple subtle guys I wanted to mention here. Um, you know, first of all, I thought the line did do a good job in pass protection this week. And I for, thought they as, showed glimmers in the run did. game. Th- there were yeah. there were certain plays where I felt you know, like they got it, but it wasn't a full game. And, and it's certainly not we, there. Yeah. But there were one or two where you're like, okay, look, okay, just do that. And they don't you know. seem quite in sync with like which back is in the game for the Mm-mm. play they're running at yeah. times. But it, a couple other guys I wanted to mention on the outside is they only made a couple catches each, but the Reggie Brown catch deep down the sideline yeah. in the first half and the Devin Ravenel catch on that third down where he kind of came back for the ball. Yeah. Um, those are really important catches for those two guys because 
if they take any, you know, if they make the other team think twice about double teaming Wells and Thornton at all, yeah, like that's a real positive for this team. Yeah. And so like Brown and Ravenel, if, you know, when, they, when given time, they're going to be in single coverage. They're mm-hmm. going to be single covered. And I, I just, well, they're going to have linebackers and stuff like that. Yeah. Know? And I just thought that Reggie Brown catch down the side, like, it's like, oh no, if they can beat us there and we have to go back to playing an honest defense against everybody. Mm-hmm. The very next time Jamie got the ball was the like, I was like, it felt like we were losing and we were already up 21 10 because we're just throwing bombs to Thornton yeah. straight down the field. You know, and I, I just think that those guys deserve some mention. Um, and I'd like to see them stay in the mix a little bit. So, because they're yeah, weapons in their own right. You know, absolutely. Uh, that's what of, I don't mean to take anything away yeah, from them. Yeah. It's not like they're just, you know, possession receivers. They're playing a role and right. credit to them for playing that role because they could go a lot of other places and right. be a and one Jamie's or two. And not really getting anything out of Bracey anymore. So like, yeah. I, you know, no, no shots at Bracey. I just, those guys are the ones we need to make plays. Mm-hmm. So yeah. No, I yeah. And they're only going to be called upon. They're only going to get their number called a couple times a game. But if they can execute it, like you said, it just keeps the whole defense honest and it mm-hmm. opens up the attack for everybody else. Yeah. So what's your next one here, Rob? Oh, I mean, Tucker Dorsey? Yeah, that's my other yeah. Can we just I mean, he's the, the, the Cole counterpart on the other side. Yeah. Right? Uh, he's, uh, unbelievable. he's unbelievable. <laughs> he's unbelievable. He's yeah. unbelievable. Um I mean he that return, granted there was a lot of space, but you don't often see guys just strut into the end zone, you know, after a return like that coming in. A great read, great play. And then it, it was a good return. I mean, he just kind of hit the hole and he was gone. But he is coming into his own and making one or two plays every week that make you, you know, rewind and watch it again. He's mm-hmm. just all over the field, but he's playing smart. He seems to be getting other guys in position to make plays. Um, I don't want to say it's been a revelation because we knew he was good, mm-hmm. but it's been cool to see him elevate his game and reach his potential well and he made the biggest play the two biggest plays of the game yes. right offensively he made the, the fumble where he knocked it out of the quarterback that really started the yeah the, the wheels coming off and yeah. the avalanche that came at the end of the second quarter mm-hmm. um and then he made the intercept the pick six yeah uh, i you know i yeah he was just everywhere He's phenomenal yeah just phenomenal, phenomenal play and uh it game, was it was know, like stefan robertson Type it really was just all over, you know, sideline to sideline. And it was just a great, great game from a terrific player. Well, and I keep forgetting every year I do this with the playoffs. You need your great players to make great plays, mm-hmm. right? And you need your big players to be the ones. And often in the playoffs, it seems like your big players come to the forefront and seeing yeah. Cole Wells, Tucker Dorsey. Yeah. That's it, right? Those are the guys we need to be awesome, and they mm-hmm. were awesome, and it gives you a lot of confidence heading forward, for sure. Um, on the defensive front, Rob, a couple, a couple other players I should I should give credit to here: mm-hmm. um, Greg Ross and Torres Carroll. Uh, Carroll missed a tackle, but Ross played a really Ross good game. Great. Played and a great Ross, game. Ross made is- a really good play on that deep one-on-one ball. A lot of rumblings from fans about Ross's play going into this, but he yep. he answered the bell in a big way when Jamie yep. needed him. And then enormous props. I I know I we do this. It seems like every week, but the adjustments that Corey Heatherman made on the defensive side of the ball were mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Um. To Southeastern's credit, I don't know how the, I don't know what how they figured it out, but uh, you know that whole first three drives for them, three or four drives, whatever it was, when they were scoring and moving the ball. They figured out a way to spread the Dukes out and they got Wayne Davis and Sam Kidd in one-on-one coverage with receivers. 
And we love Wayne Davis and Sam Kidd, but they're not designed for one-on-one coverage with wide receivers, right? With receivers, right? They're not corners. And that was where all those plays came from. And again, like that is not a knock on those two players in any way. That was a smart move by Southeastern. They schemed it up. And whatever JMU was doing, that never happened again Mm -hmm. after the first quarter. Um, They never ended up that way. We saw a lot of Jordan Swan. Yeah. Um, who also played well. I thought it was so fun on the Ross interception return. Um, and if you noticed that, Rob, but like Swan and I think it was Tucker Dorsey, Wayne Davis, there were like three guys pointing, like, come, come, come. And then like blocking. And yeah. one of them got called for a hold at some point, but it was very reminiscent of the Rashad Robinson, Jimmy Moreland, Jordan Brown secondary. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, it was like, oh, we're in the playoffs now. Like, these yeah. guys are all plugged in. They're totally engaged, whistle to whistle. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Ross, Carroll, and the coaching staff, just really smart play. I mean, and then our buddy Ben, Rob, he pointed out today, and I think he was exactly right, I think it was the first minute of the second quarter was the first Ukwu hit on Cole Kelly, uh, the Southeastern quarterback. And the game turned there. Yeah. Immediately. Like once they got to him a couple times, Tucker Dorsey got to him once, even before the fumble and everything else. But that kid mailed it in. Like he was done then. And yeah, this was a hit. There was hitting in this game. And, you know, we don't need to talk about the targetings because I actually am just confused at this point. Yeah. But I, like there was hit. They were, it just, it was such a reminder of like, oh, we had a week off and now it's the playoffs and these kids are ready. Like, well, it just yeah. shows you that what pressure on the quarterback changes a lot. Yeah, my favorite example will be the Giants getting to Brady. You know, like yeah. as great as Brady is, if you if you got somebody who's on your heels playing quarterback or his head's on a swivel, mm-hmm. it's a totally it's an equalizer, like like none like nothing else. And yeah. I think that's what happened. That kid is a very good quarterback. I'm not going to yeah. knock on people like oh you know soft schedule. No, he's really good. No, he's a giant. Well. He's got a big yeah. arm, holds the ball. But if you're getting knocked down or you fear of getting knocked down every play. It's hard to play the position, man. Sure is. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and yeah, that's the JMU defense. Just Mike Green, Isaac Ukwu, Jalen Green. Saw a lot of Jalen Green in this game all of a sudden. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's just funny how this all, like, <laughs> I don't know, we worry about all these things all year and, like, who's getting time and what's going on. And then suddenly when it really matters, like, oh, there's the pressure. There they are. Yeah. Right. You know, Q Reed in this game. I mean, that, and that was some of the adjustment, right? Oh, maybe we need Q Reed and Jalen Walker and some of these guys. Like, there's a place for Kid and Davis, and maybe there's a place for these other safeties, right? Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's just funny because th- we'll flip it later. But by all means, we need Kid and Davis. Is Kid for the whole game this weekend um, yeah. against a different, very different offense? Um, but what a fun week! Did you have another one, Rob? I have one more thing I wanted to. I, think I, I just more. this. I got a weird tingle that Sroba's got one in him. I did too. I, I really like, and I don't know if you could tell. I don't know if you could see it. Like he had one like thirteen yard run, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you could tell from the stadium when he came off the field. The coaches and other players were going crazy, yeah. which is, and he's had a couple called back. I feel like it's been slowly building where he clearly played the role of, hey, we need someone to go back there and catch it last year, but they've been working and he's getting out there and. It just seems to me like the whole team knows he's got one in him. Like I think he could break one big for break one big for the guys. Um, I, it's it's been a little bit of a 
of a sore spot for a lot of fans, the fact that he just went back there and fielded them. But he was doing what was asked. But I, I think he's poised, man. I, I really – I thought he was going to break that one. He just went out. So I love seeing the reaction. I love seeing him do it. I feel like he's got a lot of confidence going into this, and he could be a game changer on Saturday. It would not shock me if he took one to the house or, or took one and put JMU in scoring position in a time when they needed him. Yeah, and special teams in general are going to be huge in this game. Montana has yeah. a real star kick returner mm-hmm. who's got like four or five returns for touchdowns this year. He's very much and like they blocked a punt too. They blocked a punt. He's very much like a track athlete type kid. Mm-hmm. They um, they they have a really good punter who booms yep. spirals. Now the mm-hmm. one thing I was thinking about Stroba, this kid booms very catchable balls, and they yep. are really deep to the point where you might argue he could outkick his coverage, outkick the coverage yeah. and give the kick returner or the punt returner a really good chance at some point this week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll be, that will be, it will all be very important this week. How JMU does. Um, Harry O'Kelly had a big punt early in this game, almost yeah. got one blocked, but also had one that really took a great JMU role and, you know, helped stem the tide a little bit early on. So that was good. Yeah. That's a good point about the punt return game, Rob, because yeah. I think kick return too. I mean, Thornton and Van Horse back there, you know, we've seen them. We've seen those, not, that not impossible out. there either. So, yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk about was all the – sorry. My one nit to pick with this game, I have nothing really negative to say um, on the field. But this is the last time we'll ever have to touch on this until there's a bowl game and then people can start pitching about this again. But if you are complaining on the JMU Facebook hellhole nation site <laughs> – um about the crowd while you're sitting your ass on the couch. Yeah, just go. You need to reevaluate your life, right? If you are complaining about the crowd size from your couch, you need to shut the F up. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just so tired of this. And I also just, in general, so on a personal level, (laughs) Rob, you and I are both very familiar with this particular problem every year, which is we've been doing this, thankfully, we've had a run since 2014 where we've been in the playoffs every year. Yeah. And we have to ask our wives and our family members, hey, so um, for three straight weekends in December, yeah, I, I can't schedule anything on Friday night or all day on Saturday yep. because these might or might not happen. And if it's on Friday, by the way, like this week, I might have to take PTO, which I wouldn't take for lots of like family things. Otherwise, yeah. I would say I can't do it. But now I need to do it. And like, this is just, it sucks. It sucks. Yep. And, you know, it's just so frustrating to see us complain about that shit. And like yelling at students, students were great this week. They rolled in late, but they filled in the end zone seats pretty well. They didn't look good on TV for yeah. the people who were sitting on their couches on the other side, but that's because the students sit in the end zone. I thought there was going to be way less students than there was. And then finally, I went to the club. I sat in the club for the Towson game, the last game of the regular season. It sucked. It was terrible. It was like my <laughs> least favorite. It was really, since the stadium expanded, I've sat in club three times. I've sat in a box once. And then all the times in our seats, this was my least favorite of all my games that I have attended from yeah. an atmosphere standpoint. Mm-hmm. Part of it was the opponent and the time of the year and all that stuff. But a lot of it was just, it was cold. And people want to sit inside and they don't want to watch the game. And even the people that go out on the porch don't sit in their seats. It's just all yucking it up and corporate everything during yeah. the regular season. I was back in our regular seats this week in this small ass crowd that everyone's complaining about. It was a hundred times better. Yeah. It was so much fun. Because everyone who was sitting in our season ticket section wants to be there. If they are there for the playoffs, it's because they want to be there. They want to be there. They're cheering. And they're there for the football game. They're Mm -hmm. not there to talk to their insurance agent or whatever other, you know, or to get the free food. 
we didn't we turned down the beer line twice in this game never got beers in the game because it was too long and we didn't want to miss the game you know which is unusual for us right <laughs> and like, like like i can admit that but every time we scored and we went on that run you know on bracketing halftime everyone in the whole section was like high-fiving and running up and down a couple rows yep. you know bo was sitting right down one place from us the causes were all in front of us todd myers was in the other section one over yeah. from us i'm like running over high-fiving people it was awesome and you know it was louder this weekend than towson was and I, i'm sure the crowd was way bigger then yeah but that's because the people here want to be here and i just sorry i had to kind of and the same thing goes for this week, Friday night. Everyone's like, it's Friday. Now it's going to be even worse. I actually don't think that. You and I had to field random texts. You know how this goes every yeah. year. People hold their – they keep their powder dry yeah. in these early games. And then suddenly it's like, oh, Montana's coming to town on yeah. ESPN2. Do you guys still have tickets? You guys still have tickets? Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden today, like, everyone wants to come to town, yeah. right? Um, so, I, you know, anyways. I, just, I don't know. I, I, I find the whole complaining about attendance to be – Absolutely asinine. And like you said, it's usually people sitting at home. I'll be the first to admit, I, this is the first time in 20-something years that I haven't gone to multiple games. Yeah. We've had season tickets for over a decade prior yeah. to that. My sister and brother and I would go with them. But you're coaching your children's events right Well, yeah. Now. It's like, like one of those things. Like, I mean, Gail every weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's like I can't just disappear. And I mean, I don't, not to sound melodramatic, but I've been going to games since before I had kids. Yeah. Um, I was taking the kids when they were younger. And now it's a chance of like, am I going to skip Little League? Uh, no. no. You know, I mean, like uh, maybe yeah. my kid loves it, but he might quit in a year or two. So I got to do that. So like, okay, I can watch a game from TV now, which also everybody doesn't realize that plays a factor. 15 yep. years ago, you couldn't count on watching them every weekend. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's tough. Like I, I, I would love to be there. I think it's awesome. Everybody that can make time to go. This year, it has not worked out for me. I don't have any regrets. I don't feel like lesser of a fan. And no, I'm certainly no not going to sit on the couch. Is lesser of a fan. I didn't yeah. mean to knock the people. What, no, all, no, no. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm the agreeing people with who, you. Yeah, yeah. That's the, people, I just, the people that are people home, like me, screaming and, and yelling. There. Yeah, right. it's like, well, then go. If it bothers you, go. Right. Um, and if not, don't. I mean, like, there'll be years when I will be at every single game. And then there's years like this year where it's like it doesn't work out. We've got friends in our little you know, Twitter group who are about as passionate as they get. And some of them are in every game. Some are more like me, like, hey, this has just been a rough year. I got kids, you know, doing whatever, cross country or track or. And COVID just, made it harder. People had other. You know, yeah. I, yeah. It just. Uh, yeah. So I it's don't. awesome. Like, just live and let live. Enjoy and like, it. if you can go to the game and it's important, you by all means go. It's awesome. We've been to a lot yeah. of playoff games. They are fantastic. And like you said, the best part about it is when you're in that stadium, it doesn't matter if there's 8,000 people oh, yeah. or 28,000. The yeah. people there that make the effort, because um, it is an effort this time of year, want to be there and it is fun. It is a blast. Yeah. And you know what? If you're one of those people who you can't make it, but you're going to be on your couch and you're going to be yes. sitting with your, your friends and family having a good time, that's great too. Like, yeah, just, root for Dukes. Just root yeah. for Dukes and have fun, man. Quit. Yeah. Nobody needs to judge everybody else's fandom and, and size each other up. You know, It would be wow. terrific if we had 20,000 people tailgating outside the lot, watching on TVs while the stadium was sold out. That's not what's happening. Um, and hey, I'll take my shot at Montana right here. I'll, I'll have yeah. some fun with this. Yeah. Montana, North Dakota State, they're going to have better crowds in the playoffs. Although North Dakota State they don't have didn't. Any, they no, didn't actually. No, they, they didn't. didn't. Montana, did. Montana, Montana, Montana showed up twenty four thousand. That's awesome. But they don't have fucking work parties. They don't have their people don't live mm -hmm. in D.C. and Richmond and have no. firm office parties and yeah. you know the crap that they have to do. I'm not, you know, that's not even a 
you know, I'm trying, it's I'm just trying to different. Make a thing. It, it's just a different it's world, apples and right? oranges. Like it's really, apples and oranges. The, the, part of what, it, part of what yeah. makes Montana so cool, Montana, Montana yes. State, is like that is for for residents that's that's every bit as big as Auburn, Alabama. Like Correct. you pick a side. Correct. I've got right. a friend from high school moved out there. It's like you pick a side when you get there. It doesn't right. matter if you didn't go to the school. That is part of the community. That is part of being a Montana woman or being a Montana man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome. But it's, it's a super, bigger deal. Yeah. Like you said, you, you clear your calendar around that. Um, and there are JMU fans who are going to go to uh, Washington, Dallas on Sunday this week who yeah. like have to make choices of, you know, like I, I just it's just a different world. And, and I think everybody needs to enjoy it for what it is. We're really fortunate to have what we have. Yeah. I also think we are, people already started in today about the, Oh, well, the bulls are going to be like this. I'm like, but they're not exactly going to be not. like this. Who, first yeah. of all, who cares? Second of all, you're going to have like a month to de- make that decision for one game at, for one game. And you're not going to have to ask for like, use your chits with your family like yeah. every week leading up to that. Right. It, it just, it's a whole different thing. Because you, you know, also I, figure, like, I, I'd imagine yeah. it's the same, maybe 60, 70% of the people from last week will be back this week. But it's not just the same 15,000 people going every week. Nope. So if you do that over three or four games and condense into one ball game, yeah, whatever. You know, if, if you drop 20,000 fans to a ball game and then the other team, that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. good. But, you know, that's a good problem to worry about. Yes. We should not. We should not be worrying about bowl game attendance right now. No, 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 and, no. and the fact that there's a sizable portion of our fan base that is says a lot about the state of of yeah, yeah. football fandom right now. Yes, I'm excited. I'm, my father Rob is going on this this coming Friday. And you said the last and time I he went to a game, game was he went to was I think Villanova in 08. I was trying I, to think if he actually went to Montana. I don't think he did. I think he went to Wofford and Villanova. And your dad may have come. I think my dad and Rich's dad went to Wofford come? before without me. I think my dad went with Megan and Rick. Yeah. Um, I think Wofford. my dad went to Wofford and Villanova in 08, but I don't remember. Nova, I, I think, remember being super sad on the way home from Montana in 08. And I yeah. don't think I would have been, would have let myself be quite so despondent if I was with my dad. <laughs> like, so, I think yeah. he was there. Cause I think I sat in our seats and you were with your dad Could be. over another ones. I think I sat with like me, Leahy, Dreek and Bo. Oh yeah, we're in our seats, and then you and your dad were in some other ones. Yeah, but, but I guarantee my dad has not been back since at least Montana 08, um, probably Villanova. But in in any case, it'll be exciting for him to, uh, you know, see what it is now. Yeah, uh, very different. Be fun. Yeah, so that will be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so on to Montana, Rob. Anything I, you know? Anything you're particularly concerned about? Looking forward to, you know? I mean, here we go. Right, it's Stand a step you. up. It's a step it up. Is, this is a good team. It's wonderful too. That's right? coming in really hot. They've avenged their two losses from the regular season in the playoffs. Um, they, I don't, did you watch the game Friday night? I did. I watched a good portion of the game. I yeah. did too. Like I would describe their victory as opportunistic as well. You know, they, they, took, advantage, so. they took advantage of a lot of turnovers. They were outgained by like all, over 250 yards. A lot. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, but yeah. it was crazy. Like Eastern yeah. Washington, Passed the ball 81 times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like you look at the numbers and I had to check multiple sites in the morning. I was like, is, is that wrong? That that's gotta be a typo. Like that, yeah. that shouldn't happen. Um, I don't, they're good. They got a good defense. They've got a very smart quarterback, um, proud tradition. They're not going to be scared of JMU. Obviously at this stage, like all the teams here deserve it. There's no pretenders, but particularly, when you get to like the Montanas, the North Dakota States, yeah. the JMUs. Quarterfinals. Yeah. They, they, but 
there's quarterfinals, yeah. but there's also quarterfinalists who feel like this is their place in the in the subdivision. Oh yeah, and Montana is one of those. I yeah. think this is the best game of the weekend. I mean, yeah, there's uh, Villanova, South Dakota State should be pretty good as well. But this is, I mean, anyone could possibly lose this weekend. I don't mean to yeah. say Villanova that, looked but, yeah. pretty average on Friday night. They did, but they also didn't look as they didn't good look as the, they didn't look yeah. like normal. They looked no. bad. Like yeah. they played a bad game at yeah, the wrong did. time, and they survived. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past. Like it would not shock me to see them beat South Dakota State this weekend. No. You know, no, so I, you know, mm. yeah, this is legit. I, I'm just excited, right? Oh, eight. It's really cool that the JMU and Montana, this will be the third time they've ever played each other. And you talk about a rivalry. Talk about big stakes. Stakes that have yeah. been the three times these teams have played. You know, JMU wins the championship, the first in school history in 04, over a phenomenal Montana team. Um, you know, a, a really highly touted Montana team in Chattanooga in 08 what we consider our favorite JMU team of all time and the number one JMU team you know at, in the polls at the time yeah loses a heartbreaker to Montana in the semis at home really probably the last I was trying to think that's the last Bridgeport game before we started redoing the stadium that like had huge stakes yeah because um, 2010 they were already redoing the lower bowl but yeah, and then coming back all these years later uh, for an enormous quarterfinal game and, and probably the last home FCS, home playoff game of the FCS era for JMU. Hopefully not. I would love to get one more. I'm I would love to get one more, and I'll be rooting like hell for the – what are they, the Buccaneers? Yeah. ETSU? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like go Bucks. Um, yeah, what is, that's Kenny Chesney's school now. <laughs> yes, go fighting Chesney's, I guess. But, um, yeah. Look, that would be awesome if we could get one more. Um, but even if we don't, first things first. Yeah. First things first. This is an awesome matchup against a. This is one of the. Uh, I mean, this is one of the schools Washington, we've always cared about. The only two schools that really ring the bell for JMU at this point are Montana and NDSU. Yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of like your casual or semi-casual fan from Norfolk or. Fairfax or Baltimore is like, hey, <laughs> we're playing Montana on Friday. Yeah, like, this is a big deal. How do I watch this game? Right, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so th- this is this is good stuff. Uh, These are the ones Rob, that that make yeah. you sad about leaving FCS. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, not a lot saying. that'll make me like sad or nostalgic or even have sadness. But like games like this, like wow, we're Friday night we're watching the East Washington Montana game. You're like, yeah, this is fun. Like it, the playoffs are really fun. Yeah, and at their at their peak, it's about as good as anything you'll see in college. You athletics. catch the end of that ETSU Kennesaw game. Yeah, I mean that was insane. Like, you're like, that What's was going insane. on here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was bonkers. Yeah. Like it's just it's a crazy, crazy game and it's a crazy tournament. Um, we tend to forget that sometimes because JMU is blowing people out or you're mm-hmm. playing Stony Brook and you get these rivers. But when you get a big kind of intersectional matchup like this, mm-hmm. man, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and then now that all the Smack talking has started, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. kind of a this is about as perfect as a quarterfinal bracket could be. Yes, we got seven of the eight seeds. Mm-hmm. We have two Valley teams, two CAA teams, two Big Sky teams, both the Montana schools. We have, um, yeah, the two, so the two Dakota marker teams from the Valley, the two Montana teams from the Big Sky, the two CAA heavyweights in JMU and yeah. Villanova. We get the SoCon champion ETSU and the defending champion Sam Houston. 
Yeah. You know, that's about as good a slate. This is and, great stuff. And you've got teams that have beaten each other, like JMU has lost to Villanova, Montana, you know, Montana yeah, State. Yeah, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Yeah, yeah, all these like teams. All these teams yeah. have, have kind of, there's grudge match potential. Yeah, for yeah, sure. And cool. even like going back to the spring season, I mean, Sam, JMU, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there are games, you know, NDSU, Sam, right? Yeah. I mean, these games that are like, yeah, there's um, good stuff right now. Um, yeah, that's exciting. The one thing I wanted to say, Rob, I mean, we talked about special teams. They're going to be huge this week. Both teams are very solid uh, in special teams. Both teams have good kickers, good punters, you know, return game potential. Uh, both teams need to play. I mean, JMU needs to play soundly. Montana's the one thing I want to say. So the one thing I enjoy is they're so feared. Everyone talks about their front seven, much in the way that everyone talks about JMU's front seven. Mm-hmm. But they have the same problem defensively that JMU does, which is Eastern Washington did throw all over them. Yes. This weekend. And they did get deep on them yes. quite a bit. Which right now for this, I love this matchup for JMU. Almost better than I liked last week's matchup. That I mean, Montana's a better team. Montana's than better. Louis yeah, for sure. Let's, yeah. 100%. No doubt um, about that. But from a pure style standpoint, I do like this matchup for JMU. Um JMU is, as we said, they're almost abandoned the run and all pretense of the run and we're just throwing bombs. And that seems to be difficult for Montana. Yeah. If we can give Cole any time at all. Um, and then uh, conversely, Montana, I, you know, their total stats, and I know stats are deceiving here from that game, but they had over 200 yards rushing against Eastern Washington of their like 340 total yards. Yeah. You're not going to run the ball for 200 yards against JMU. I mean, no, I don't you think you will. I don't think you 90 will. 90-yard run. And their quarterback is not Cole Johnson. That's not to say he's bad. He's smart. He's good. But he's much more in the game manager role. Um, yeah, I just – I don't know. I just – I think this is really – I I don't think Montana's going to bully JMU, like, in their running game and defense. Like, that doesn't mean they can't go toe-to-toe and out – man, I mean, I'm not saying they can't win. I just – from a pure oh, they can like definitely matchup win. They can standpoint, definitely win. Yeah. I, I kind of like this matchup for JMU more than I would some of the other matchups in this tournament. Um, yeah, that's just an interesting thing. Yeah, I yeah. kind of agree with you. Like, I watched a lot of the game on Friday night, and yeah. Montana took advantage of opportunities, but they still let Eastern Washington go up and down the field. Yes. And Eastern Washington has a very good quarterback of its own right. But they don't really try to run either. No. It's very like, one dimensional and it, yeah. it worked, you know, yeah. like they, <laughs> they, they threw for over 500 yards and five right. touchdowns. That's kind of tantalizing when you think yeah. about, okay, you know, how do you say barrier? How do you say that Barry guy's name? A. Yeah, Barry Barry a. A. I mean, he, he's good. He's a, yeah. one of the top quarterbacks in FCS. So is Cole Johnson. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, it, can you really count on stopping Antoine Wells Jr.? Can you really stop on? Can you really count on stopping Chris Thornton? I don't know. Like I, I see potential there, and maybe not 530 yards and five touchdowns potential, right? But you know, can you throw for 300? Can you get over the top? Can you be opportunistic and take mm-hmm. advantage of those of those situations? I think they can. You know, yeah, I, I do too. I don't know. And Montana a, could. You know, you look back at their scores through the season; they're pretty consistent in scoring, like in the 20s. Mm-hmm. But they don't put up the 30s. Like, I know they went crazy this weekend, but that was a block punt, a lateral got returned for a touchdown and a interception. Like, there, as we said, it was a, it, it was opportunistic and it was a 
some odd circumstances this weekend to get in that crazy score. But like, they, but they that's crushed not the teams their they history. were supposed to crush. Yeah. They did, but they were not like. I, again, I feel like that thirty-point mark. Is, this is a race to thirty, and I feel yeah. like if JMU can get to thirty, I really like their chances. You know, I don't see either team, and, and different than JMU this past week. We don't need to score fifty-nine here. No, like, and we don't need wells and thornton to have three touchdowns each we need them to have three touchdowns combined Mm -hmm. you know and like maybe we maybe jmu struggles offensively but they hit two or three big ones and that might be enough depending on how the special teams and defense and everything plays out you know i this this definitely feels like a 31 28 you know i don't know 31 24 kind of a a day here who knows um i just should be really fun. One thing about Montana, screw, I, can't, I was laughing about this today, Rob. Do you remember that hit on Riscotti in 04? That was the, super the little dirty. hit, the punch? Yeah, hit, yes. Like um, the double dragon? Flying. Yes, yeah. the super dirty one. And of course, it's funny. It's not funny. It's um, Then when Landers got hurt in 08, a lot of JMU fans, I think, have been like, have never really let that die. And that was like a way cleaner hit. Yeah. The one on just, Landers in 08. It's just a bad play you know bad result but of course everyone on our side has been like thinking back to the riscotti hit but riscotti you know he he didn't get hurt and they won the game so we kind of lose sight of like the history of this but then i also love remember all the stuff with jeff fisher and yeah the, i don't know everyone's just not liking and then of course bobby hawk and then now hawk's kid the coach's kid is like their safety mm-hmm. number 17 and my watching the game on I'd like to see us find a way to attack that kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know if he can cover Antoine Wells. Jr. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just put it that way. <laughs> and for people like, that don't know what we're talking about with the Riscotti hit, you got to go back. It's on YouTube. You can find yeah. the, the 04 championship oh. game. It was one of those things where it was so dirty, the announcers, I think they called it an assault. And that was in 04. It was like 04. when they didn't call those yeah. things. But yeah. a guy jumped up, Riscotti threw the ball, and I'm not kidding. Before he landed, he punched Riscotti under his face mask. Like it was like this flying, it looked like from the video game Double Dragon or like Street Fighter, where you do this really awkward, like jump up and hit somebody as you're coming down. It was not a football play. Um, no. It should not characterize Montana. I do not mean to imply that. Like no, Montana, no, no, no. Montana is a great football program. This was one guy who lost his cool, but it was oh, so. Just bizarre. It, it you don't see stuff like that on a football field. It was it was Brad Marchand esque. If, if you're for any hockey fans out there, just like not real play. Just a guy doing something completely dumb. But it was weird. And, yeah. But they they got a flag and they moved on and Jamie won the game. So yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I got my purple glasses on, but I am a I, I'm bullish again on this matchup for the Dukes. Uh, you know, yeah. we'll see. I, if I we am can too. get the I pressure that, that JMU started to generate in the second quarter of this game, that is a real, like, it, it's really hard to beat JMU when the defense is cranked up the way it got going this past week. Now, I know Montana's a much better rushing team, you know, and is not likely to abandon the run the way that Southeastern did, um, you know, but it's, it's just an exciting one. It's just it is. It's, it really is. It's big plays at this point. Yeah. And just, both these teams kind of had very similar results. Um, very JMU similar. and Montana, you know, yeah. kind of piling up points in ways that are not, not the way you usually do that. Um, yeah. And I don't think either one of them can expect to do that again. So we'll see. Uh, 
just really exciting. Can't wait for Friday. It'll be fun to watch. Rob, we got some fun overtimes tonight. This is our uh, Mossy Creek fly fishing overtime. Thanks to the guys at Mossy Creek. Excited to say, Rob, I will be joining them um, on Friday, I think. Oh, cool. uh, for this game should be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to, to our friends there. You can go by the shop anytime and mention the podcast. You get free stickers. You may still get free coasters with the Moss Creek logos on them. Um, put out for your holiday parties, uh, but really just go get all your winter needs. It's a good time for shopping and there's deals on all kinds of stuff. Um, a whole bunch of Sims products in there that I know all of you angling people enjoy. So yes, uh, <laughs> excited for, um, uh, it just thanks big thanks to mossy creek and i uh, hope that's fun we did get three good over well we got four good overtime topics tonight rob um katie harper our friend um wanted to know how we felt about the uh chicken tender shortage uh not as I, bad I as she know, does guess, <laughs> no not as bad as she does and and i also saw it's going to be even more problematic tomorrow because the Caps scored in the uh, mcnugget minute tonight Oh, did they really? So yeah, they did. So it's free nuggets for Caps fans tomorrow. So um, yeah. There's also you know there's a cream cheese shortage. There was an article in New York Times today. It oh. is causing major major panic in all the bagel places. Jamie must be losing it. He's like the biggest bagel person I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> they said it was a big deal because they normally order it by like, not the ton, but they'll get like you know seventy five pounds of cream cheese or, or eight hundred pounds of cream cheese, and they're just getting calls being like, "Now it ain't coming." And so they were interviewing all these bagel places that said they've got enough to get through like Wednesday. Um, so <laughs> no, no. It actually, was pretty scary reading about it. <laughs> People are going to be in so, like that Safeway getting Philadelphia cream cheese. Well, that's what right? I said. Yeah, like, and and, and I guess there's some sort of difference where like they get Philadelphia cream cheese as a base, but it's not whipped. And so it's different. So they can't just go to the store. It was a whole interesting oh. article. But anyway, yeah, but funny. I digress. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we'll start with this one. Uh, our buddy Pitts uh, wanted to know. What is a Christmas song you would put on a tailgate playlist? So we got kind of a holiday tailgate theme here for a couple. Um, this is a hard one, actually, this is Rob, hard. because we've done our favorite Christmas songs mm -hmm. at least once on here before, and we'll probably and course, do it again in a couple I, weeks. Yeah. We will, and and but but favorite tends towards the melancholic, yeah, right, a, a little bit, and that's not what you want at your tailgate. No. So I didn't know if you had a thought here, Rob. Well, no, I, I, with you, I clearly put a little too much thought into this. Like you, sounds like you yeah. did. I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to go like Fairtale of New York. I think that's more of a post game, like hopefully yeah. after, you know, drunken sing along. Um, I gravitated towards purple snowflakes, just obvious reasons, but that's, uh, that, that's a good one, but that's kind of just like a, background music one yeah and then i thought maybe like a little bit more upbeat like a jingle bell rock or something hollow notes just great uh, but i'm gonna go father christmas with the kinks oh, yeah i just think that's a good like upbeat good song it, it's not particularly happy uh, it's you know beating up santa or something like that um but i think it's a good like tailgate song i think it gets you gets you going gets everybody kind of out of their seats and and jumping and it's like that good it. mix of like Christmas song, but also kind of get you fired up song. Nice. Well, and I, I, we had the same thoughts. Uh, the one thing that I've come to appreciate more, and this is such a like past 40 thing, mm -hmm. but we've heard all the regular Christmas songs. Yes. Like that's a good choice because it's not quite in the regular Christmas song genre. Yeah. And so for a tailgate, like, you know, I can only hear like the same 
Wash FM songs so many You can only times. hear Mariah so many times. Right. Great songs. And I was thinking, like, I actually appreciate some, like, current artists when they occasionally do, like, not original Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Right. So like there was a the Willie Christmas Casey Musgrave song a couple years ago. Yeah. There's a um there's a new Amanda Shires album that only has like three traditional songs on it. Most of them are original. There's one called Real Tree mm-hmm. this year that I really like. Um just kind of fun. But but I mean Christmas and Hollis, Rob. I mean, we're yeah. making a oh. playlist. You knew I was gonna yeah. go here. So I mean, we gotta go run DMC. That feels yeah. like the like what you were saying, the spirit of the tailgate. Christmas playlist. Yeah, get you up and going. Gotta have Run DMC on here. So yeah, that's that's mine. Um, So our second one came to us from at Butler John P on Twitter. Thank you, John. Uh, This was the non-Christmas one, but man, Rob, this one would hurt to think about. Uh, He said, "What is the? Do you see this?" Yeah, and I'm struggling. I. I, I He said, "What is the thing from your childhood that you loved that has been brought back from like a cultural standpoint?" that made you feel really old was the way I, I think I understood. Yeah, that. no, I, that's how I interpret that. it as well. I've been racking my brain about this and the short answer is everything makes me feel old nowadays, <laughs> no matter what, like everything across the board. I don't, I can't think of, I like, I can't really think of anything. Some of the, I guess some of the Lego type things that look so much more sophisticated, yeah. but for me, it's more like movies. The fact that there's yeah, that, like 16 versions of the Grinch. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I like my, flip on the channel, and I'm like, "Oh, it's a movie I want to see." And then I flip it over, I'm like, "What is this, this movie?" Yeah, this, this isn't, isn't the, the one. Movie. This isn't the one. Um, <laughs> and nothing against it. We had this discussion last night in the family. My kids have insisted that the latest Grinch movie is great. Oh no! I was, I was like, I don't even know which one you're talking about because for me, it's first just of all, the, the Jim Carrey movie was new, and I have like come and, to like be okay with that one. And it's like it's 20 years old. The, it's not as good as the. The animated Correct. original one, but it's still like better than anything. There's another one beyond that. I, evidently, <laughs> according to my kids, and, oh, no. and they said, and also James was trolling me last night and said the Grinch is his favorite Christmas character, and, <laughs> and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then he tried to get all smart, and he's like, "Well, I prefer antagonists to protagonists." <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "You're a troll. You're a troll." It really is. Yeah. So, oh, it's a modern kid. I love that. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I would say like, so for that, that made me feel very old. The, the fact that there's like multiple remakes of the Grinch yeah. when he, you can't improve on a classic. That, no, that like cartoon is perfect. Footloose sometimes it's on yeah. TV and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, oh, the, the worst. Actually, you know what? If it's not Christmas related, when they no, remade no, Vacation, Christmas, when oh, they yeah, yeah. remade Vacation. Oh. Terrible. Yeah. And I fall for that all the time. Like you said, when you get to look at the road, I go, oh yes, vacation's on. And then it's the one with Ed Helms. I'm like, nope. nope. They got to call it something. They got to call it like vacation, the crappy version or something yeah. like that. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Well, mine, I didn't think of this one as Christmassy. And mine was also too, like, it's the television movie thing that gets me. Yeah. And mine were originals, but both Stranger Things mm-hmm. and Cobra, Cobra Kai in particular really caught me off guard last year because I became aware of the fact that I am being targeted. Yeah. Like I am being targeted Nostalgia for this porn. retro yeah. thing. And like, that is not the thing. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I like the show. Like, I'm not saying I didn't like enjoy it at all. I just, I was like, where stranger things kind of caught me off guard for a while. Mm-hmm. And like the whole, like kids playing dungeons and dragons in their basement. Like I'm like, I played Dungeons and Dragons in my basement. Yeah. Like, like I want to talk about that too. And then yeah. I'm like, 
oh, they're getting, and by the time Cobra Kai came out, it was like, they were winking. It was like heavy that whole thing, Right. Yeah. And they're winking at me, like being like, you know, we're, we're play, having fun yeah. with this so that we can capture the 40 plus audience. <laughs> yes. Both of those pieces, like, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> like when they, when he's driving the red car, I'm like, oh, they're just, yeah, they're just, they're just, <laughs> They're poking you. They're, poking They're hammering you. me here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, exactly. So those that was a fun one. And then our last one, Rob. I don't. I was trying to think if I have a good answer for this one. But at House of Clay, Andrea, thank you. I'm sorry funny. about your dogs. Yeah. Um. Uh, but but I know you're happy about the Dukes. So yeah. we'll. Um. Here we go. Yeah, you're not the only one who's sad this weekend, but having another chance. Um. She asked our best uh, holiday or Christmas food to add to a tailgate menu. Uh, and I thought that was kind of a creative one. I had a little bit of a hard time with it, but yeah. I did too. And my first thought mm-hmm. was just any type of bark, like peppermint or toffee ah. or caramel, just cause it's just the most delicious thing ever. And you can just grab it by the handful, but that's not necessarily the best tailgate food, particularly if it's cold and you got gloves on. Um, I, I don't know if this qualifies as like a Christmas uh-huh. or holiday food, but at our Christmas party, we always serve meatballs and they're just like, it's a complete like random white trash recipe. We just get a bunch of meatballs, throw a bunch of barbecue sauce and pineapple oh. uh, in there. But it's great. Like everybody eats the heck out of it. And I just think that's a terrific, like meatballs, I think are an underrated tailgate food. We just get like toothpicks. You just yes. go, you just get a plate or a bowl easy. of them. They're mm-hmm. hot. They're easy to eat. Um, you don't need to mess with buns or condiments. So I would say any sort of like meatballs, even though that's... Christmassy, maybe to my family and not to the general <laughs> to public. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's about what I was kind of thinking. Cause I'm like, I don't really, I mean, you're not going to have like a roast beef or anything. You no. Know, and I was thinking about from a drink standpoint, like I do like like a hot cider occasionally mm-hmm. or um, actually at the game this week, what we, um, <laughs> we made a creative hot chocolate or creative, uh, yes. creative coffee this weekend um, yeah. at the game. Very, you know, good. One that I did have last week that I was thinking of, there's like some kind of a, it's called something in like German or Austrian that I should know, but it's like an apple cake. It's like Alpen. Oh yeah. yeah. I can't say it, but we actually went out to dinner or uh, to celebrate something last week uh, for the first time in quite a, not like forever, but it felt like the first time we'd been like, not just like with friends, but like we went out to dinner (laughs) to something um, in a while. And we went to Trummers in, Clifton. Oh, in Clifton? That yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And they had this like apple, I don't know what, I don't know, I can't remember what it's called, but it didn't come with ice cream. It came with like a, uh, some kind of a cream, like demi like or something. cream yeah. type, or like a cream side thing. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that's something you could pull off. Like mm-hmm. ice, anything that, any dessert that comes with ice cream wouldn't be very tailgate friendly. Uh, and, and actually, I'm a little bit bummed that it's going to be so, it's going to be really nice on Friday. I yeah, think. it's going to be like 50s. That doesn't seem <laughs> yeah, right. I was sort of getting ready. I'm, I'm actually, I'm thrilled because my father's going and, um, you know, the cold would have scared me for him a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, this, this should, it's mid-December. This should be crazy. And then we'll probably get, if the Dukes win, uh, some of our fans will get all the cold they can handle the following week in Fargo, potentially. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so we'll see. Or back in the Berg. To host yeah. East Tennessee. That would just be awesome. Man. Yeah, that would be oh, awesome. That would be really, really cool. Um, 
the personal level. That I, yeah, yeah. I, had, I, have, I haven't been planning that way, but yeah, I need to remember that that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yes. So that's it. Uh, JMU Montana on Friday. We're not going to talk about much else because all the other games are Saturday. Uh, I was completely wrong all along in thinking that JMU would have the noon Saturday game. I also thought there were going to be more games Friday than Saturday. I don't know where I got that, but um, real, I'm glad it's Friday, I think. Oh, I definitely ways, rough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it certainly frees up more time. It's a little, it's obviously tougher for people traveling uh, to and from the game, but it should be fun. Uh, and then just three, it, it's just four really good games. I mean, I don't know if ETSU, NDSU is a really good game. Um, we'll see. Good luck, Bucks, but I, I don't know. Um, but the other three, Villanova's hosting South Dakota State on Saturday should be really fun. Uh, and Sam Houston hosting Montana State who seem to recover from losing their quarterback uh, just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I know. Um, just like JMU handled their situations very well in the last week. So yep. uh, just a fun weekend of great FCS action. Really glad that JMU gets the ESPN two Friday night game. Sort of no doubt from me, uh, Montana JMU. That's a fun, fun yeah. thing. Should be cool. And Hey, one other, um, on the message board note, Rob, I, I don't want to promote them, but uh, it is kind of cool that JMU's message board has moved to the Sunbelt um, conference board. Mm-hmm. And I will, I would note that there's been some fun, like the other Sunbelt teams, uh, there are a bunch of fans who were following the JMU game this past week. Um, obviously, Southeastern was a team that like was somewhat you know, it was semi-relevant to some of those fan bases. But it almost seemed to be a little bit of conference pride. I saw, some, yeah, they I saw were several tweets about like, yeah, like, look, got look at our future member taking care of business. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. And there was like, I got the, whoever the administrator is, I think it's an App State fan who's the admin for the Sunbelt board, like put a game thread. Uh, I guess they do that for all the Sunbelt games, but they put oh, a cool. game I, I was, thread I was talking more main... like Twitter. I, I saw, no, I saw yeah, Sunbelt like, fans tweet. He actually put a JMU Sela game thread on the main Sunbelt page. So, you know, I, I imagine there'll be one for this week as well. Um, just kind of fun. And, and it was definitely fun. It was cool. Cause like, I couldn't believe it. I was even excited for old dominion, Rob. Yeah. Um, they no, got it to, made it to a bowl. And, and I was kind of like, yeah, good for them. And I'm sure this is all going to go out the window by this time next year. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you but, what, Thanksgiving, when we were, Megan's so, in-laws joined us for Thanksgiving. And as you know, they are old, <laughs> old Dominion alums and as about as big of fans as they get. Yeah. And they were so excited. They've already offered up, you know, oh, their beach house for us. He's like, they're like, that is going to be a tough ticket. They're like, man, this is great. This would be so much fun. They're like, the game's in Norfolk. They're like, you guys got to come down, bring all the JMU fans. And like, oh, we're going to bring all our friends to Harrisonburg. Like, I, I think it's going to be a really fun thing. I um, do too. And I, and that was what I've just kind of cruising the message board a little bit the last couple of days. I, there were like Louisiana Monroe fans on there who were, you know, they obviously are familiar. They have the overlap with Southeastern fans, I'm sure in their life that we do with other Virginia schools. And they were just like, Oh boy, this is going to be a hell of a conference. Yeah. Like, like they're watching the be... game and be like, Oh boy, this is, this is going to be something. No you easy know? outs. Like, yeah. yeah. So kind of, kind of fun and just nice to be welcome. I enjoyed the, uh, the billboards that have been around the state. I know there's one down in Norfolk for ODU. There's one in Richmond and in Harrisonburg for JMU and even one up in Huntington for Marshall. Um, I think there's one in know. Richmond and on 81, right? 
Yeah, there's, there's one in JMU. Richmond, yeah, yeah, on 81, and um, and then one on 80, yeah, right near JMU. Right, yeah. But uh, yeah, just kind of cool, the little things um, coming out of that. And uh, although I didn't, I, I, Rob, did enjoy and, and was glad to see our, our Hofstra friend being okay. And I enjoyed yes. your, back, your back and forth. Um, yeah, absolutely. This week. So, Scary yeah. stuff. And totally unrelated to anything, JMU, shout out to uh, Buck O'Neill finally making the Hall of Fame which was a big uh, deal for me. I don't know if you've ever read The Soul of Baseball, deal. but yeah. um, just fantastic book. And Buck O'Neill was a terrific player in the Negro Leagues and then largely responsible for getting the Negro League museum off the ground and keeping all those stories alive. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away before he got this, but just a huge, huge deal. And I, if you're a baseball fan or yeah. just really a, a, somebody who needs an uplifting story, that book sold baseball. Uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's just a fantastic story. It's a road trip. It's Joe Posnanski, my favorite author. It's his road trips all throughout the country, kind of with Buck O'Neill spreading the gospel of baseball and the Negro Leagues and just an outstanding, outstanding individual and long overdue. So that put a huge smile on my face last night when I when That's, I heard that news. Yeah. And uh just trying to check one thing here, Rob. Extremely glad to see the... uh Buck O'Neill thing as well. Um, yeah, I guess we'll wait till next week to explain what happened tonight, but I'm uh, getting lots of texts that confirming what we thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not about not having our guest tonight. Yeah. Yes. Maybe we can convince him to come back if Jamie wins again. Yeah. Uh, this, if, and if they win tomorrow night, um, we were, that's, we, we're going to talk some UVA. But yep. Rob, tomorrow night. Big game. Big, big game. game. Big opportunity. I, I think. Um, they got a chance. They got a chance. Yeah, real chance, actually. So we're going to my brother and my sister-in-laws who are UVA. My sister-in-law's UVA grad. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're big fans. And we're going over there tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, they actually were, I don't know what site they were looking at, but it's, it's I, the most of the like power index things have this very, very close. Like, um, I don't know the betting lines on this one, but like a 50, 49% chance to win kind of thing for both teams I, and they are very much like eh, i don't know so, so yeah i mean i'm me not betting on it at all but yeah. i just uh, it's an exciting opportunity for jmu and probably you know i mean most likely the most exciting game uh, unless they make some type of a postseason um you know maybe the most exciting game of the year and a real chance to uh you know sell the current roster on sticking around <laughs> And UVA's yeah. official account was tweeting about it today, like kind of poking fun and, you know, they had a Byington video. And I thought that was really cool. I think, I, this actually, I think this actually has the potential to be, I'm not going to say a huge rivalry. I mean, Virginia's got a history with the ACC, obviously. Let's not yes. get ahead of ourselves. But it does have the potential to be a, a game of interest to both fan bases. We'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah, And I would say this, Rob, do you think, um, I hadn't thought about this till this week. And then kind of the combination of this game and all the Sunbelt stuff I was talking about and what kind of the ODU stuff you were talking about. It's also weird, but like the move to FBS does a little, it it feels like it maybe slightly changes the dynamic a little bit elsewhere, like not just in football, right? Like like sort of vis-a-vis the way JMU is viewed by tech and UVA fans. Well, completely. Like UVA can send out this tweet and it's not viewed as them punching down right right you know what i mean that's, that's and, i guess what i had thought like, about right it's like oh wow in-state rival yeah let's go over there let's invade their house mm-hmm. they're not going to do that it's going to look untoward if you're doing that 
if your yeah. fan base believes it's little old JMU, but I'm not thinking, oh, hey, well, this is kind of a, it, let's be honest. I mean, UVA is a former national champion. JMU yeah, basketball sorry. is not a peer, but right. it's like, hey, you know, this is a big deal. This is cool. You're not going to do that for Longwood. You're not going to do that no. for Radford, you know? That's sort um, of what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. And I had kind of underestimated, like, even when we play in like lacrosse or field hockey or softball, the sports we're really good at. Mm-hmm. It still sometimes feel like, oh, I hope we can get UVA on the schedule. Yeah. Because like I hope they're not thinking like that's not a big enough game for us or something. You know, and, and now it feels a little bit more like they're not that's just not. That's just another yeah. no, I think, another I think team that is that your are turning the page. Yeah. So yep. should be fun. Rob, should be a fun week. And uh man, I hope we can I hope we get to talk next week off another win. I do feel good about it, but I do too. We'll see. And uh I guess I'll talk to you next week. Yep. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks. Go Dukes.